Welcome back to the Retro Namapod, a nostalgia and pop culture podcast where we discuss things from our past, present, and future. And of course, this week, I do not have a rambling to tell you somewhere across this internet. We are together here now at this moment in time, internet time, which is a different time than we think about. As always, I am your host, Toby, and across this internet time world, goddamn, of mine, Rick. What's going on, buddy? How you doing? <laughs> Not much. I, I, I lost it, man. I'm sorry. I mean, normally we're coming from like Mountain Standard Time, but since we do this over the internets and it lives on forever, it's like Internet Standard Time. The yeah, but there actually is like an Internet Time. Like there's a time. There's a time that the Internet runs off of. Like I, I don't know. It's a weird thing. Okay. There's you know X Files theme song behind this right now. Is that true? No, that was a. Yes, 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 yes. That's wild. That internet um, time. The current internet time is. Eight, it just gives me time here. Eight thirty-five or. <laughs> Guess what? The website name for time is like actual time. Like if you wanted to know the time. Tell me the time. Dot com. Nope. Nope. Because I know it's one not, more. I know it's not time. Dot com. Because I'm pretty sure that's taken by the magazine folks. Time. Dot is. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. That's I mean time dot is? Yes. <laughs> I kinda yeah, like it. Uh yeah, it's pretty good. That's not bad. Um it's pretty good. Uh weird question of the week. We'll get into this thing. Uh would a vegan survive easier in a zombie apocalypse? Uh no. Well, yeah, no. Like, wait, what are we talking how are we ta- like like, the vegan's not a zombie yet, right? Right, right. Like, a vegan person surviving in a zombie apocalypse. No, 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 I don't. I don't, because, like, no, no. You don't think because they're already surviving off of berries and grain and alternate, you know, proteins? Look, and during stuff? a zombie apocalypse, you know, from what we know of zombies, they're not going after the animals for the most part. Like, that's fair. I think the animals will thrive. In a weird way, like I don't, I don't think anyone, anybody else. I mean, they have a better chance than like the fat McDonald's eating people, <laughs> you know, that are walking around to like four hundred pounds. But like, short of some like MMA jujitsu motherfuckers, I beat up most of the vegans. <laughs> like, if, if we really got down what are you, to it, what are you talking about? A strong yeah, breeze no. will beat up most vegans. <laughs> yeah, but then some of them are sneakily, you know, triple black belts. Oh, for so sure. For it's, sure. It, we're, we're having a real. Like, look, for the most part, I don't know. See, I'm about to put a lot of, like, preconceived notions on vegans that I'm not 100% on. I know. And I already feel bad about saying it. Do I think vegans would survive easier in a zombie apocalypse? No. Because I think, yeah, I don't know, man. This is a loaded question. Because once you got past the initial push of, like, these people got away and then the mass, I don't think anyone survives in a zombie apocalypse. Not the way that they would want to. I think it's like, uh, uh, yeah, there's not like a biodome, yeah, secured for you know what? Maybe there is. I don't know. You know, some of these bunkers, man. I saw a bunker the other day that was 30 stories deep and it could survive six people. They were condos and you could buy the condo for like 1.4 million or something. Sure. And you had one floor of this bunker and, but you know, you survive for, for what a year we'll, we'll give them a year yeah yeah 
on some on some good shit if you've done it. And I don't know. I don't I don't think you could stay vegan in a zombie apocalypse. I think that's the real question. Is if you had a zombie apocalypse, would vegans just resort to surviving? Or would they stick to their morals even at the end of the world and just be like, no, you know, are zombies people too? That is the real question. Hmm. I, oof. Yeah, I don't, like, that's a tough one because it's all comes down, I think it comes down to basically skills. Like, do you have the skills to forge for the food that you're going to need if you're a vegan? Do you have the skills to hunt if you're, if you're uh, a carnivore or whatever, herbivore, omnivore, whatever? Like, it always comes back down to the skills. It's not like, I, I don't think it matters if you're a person who eats everything or a person who's meat guy or vegan guy or pescatarian or whatever, all the different things. I think it just comes down to like, could you be able to gather yeah. what you need to survive? Whether yeah, at the end of the day, could you, could you survive if given yeah. the opportunity to do so? And I think, the let me ask you another word. Can I tag on no. to this ear oh, question? Yeah. No. Yeah. 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 I got asked by a buddy of mine this week. If it was the end of the world, would you eat someone to survive? Oh yeah. Like, Okay, perfect. Thank you. Like, Thank you. He was like, I don't think I could. I was like, before you could finish the sins, I was like, yes, of course. Like, I would eat I would eat Samantha or, you know, fucking Paul. Like, and especially if it was like voluntary, it's like, bro, I just don't want to live anymore. I'm bashing Paul's head in with a rock and I'm eating this thigh. I think the key is just to make it, piece it out so that way it doesn't look piece it human. Out. It's not like you're roasting a pig and it just shoved a stick up a human's ass. Get rid you know? of the head, hands, and feet. And then just separate the bits so that way it doesn't look like a human being. And then there you go. You're just, just let one of the sociopaths in your group do it, and you just call me when it's ready. Because once I start smelling barbecue, because I imagine we smell like barbecue, like I got a good fat layer on me. Yeah, man. You know, with some some, I got some muscle underneath. It just doesn't show very well. Like, I bet I smell fucking oh, man. good, dude. You could make butter out of me and then coat me with <laughs> said butter. We're the guys that the, it would, the rest of the party is going to be eyeballing us like, motherfucker, you need to pass away in your sleep because yeah. we're going to kill you. Break your ankle, please. <laughs> you're gonna, All right? Because <laughs> you're going to make some good jerky. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that makes me feel better, oddly. That's a weird thing to feel better about. But yeah. He's like, I don't know. Like, I don't think I would. And it's just like, no, I, uh, yes, I would. If it's on like set, you're we- a week in and your food rations are running low and it's like. There's a zombie apocalypse outside. and Gary just died. Like, remember when he passed away last night? We need food. Now, do you, <laughs> does, your, does your decision change if it's old person versus younger person? 81-year-old man dies. No, because if they're dead, they're dead. Like, <laughs> no, no, no! But like the quality of said meat. Oh no, no, no! It's either age. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's, it's either aged meat that's been nice and marbled, marbled through the year, or younger, like whatever. Maybe a bit tougher. I don't know. I, no, maybe younger. I it's like veal versus lamb. You know, like it's <laughs> fucking better. I'm eating. I'm eating your child. The eight year old's not going to survive. I'm eating it. He's going to taste the best. I'm only going to have one last good meal. God damn it! <laughs> and it's Timmy. <laughs> well, why do you keep looking at me? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So okay, cool, cool. I like it. Um. So as I've been starting to do, I'm trying to watch more and more movies and kind of talking about. So I watched a couple. Uh, One's brand spanking new, In the Heights. It's on HBO Max right now, uh, directed by John M. Chu. He's done a bunch of stuff over the years, Um, uh, probably most notably Crazy Rich Asians. 
which got a lot of like okay. mainstream support. Um, basically, this is the uh, Lin Manuel Miranda. Everybody knows that guy, the musical guy. This was his first like big stage play, so he went and adapted it for film, and that's essentially what this is. Um, basically, huh. follows this guy who's got a dream. He's a bodega owner in New York, and he wants to move out to, back to Cuba. Um, or move to Cuba. His family's from Cuba, and he wants to move there because he, he thinks it's better. And um, you know that's kind of it. And all the other people that surround him in their lives and how it's effective. It's very much a musical. They do the talk singing thing. So if you don't like that, that might be a strike for you. Lots of musical, lots of dancing, lots of like out of nowhere. Bah, bah, God. You know, Lynn was also one of those guys that uh, like he can do no wrong right now. Yeah. you know, like everything that he touches in a part. And as a part of, it's just, it's gold, especially in a theater world. Like, if you're in a bit theatrical whatsoever, yeah. you know the name and the quality of work. So, I have no I have no doubt that this is probably great. It was fantastic. I mean, I like musicals, um, and I think it was very well done. The cast is phenomenal. Everybody holds it down. Not knowing anything about the story, really, we went into it blind, which is kind of a fun way to go into things without even seeing really a uh, trailer for it. It was just like, oh, let's watch it. It's new. It's by Lynn manuel Miranda. He's great. And we watched it, and it was a surprisingly good hit. So if you like musicals, I highly recommend checking out In the Heights. Um, that's all I got on that one. Uh, the, ed- the other one I watched is kind of an old cult classic that i been meaning to watch for years and years. And finally, we saw it was on Amazon Prime. So we're like, fuck it. We're watching it. Uh, the Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai Across the Eighth Dimension. Came out in 1984, the year of our Tiffany. <laughs> Super Scythe. Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. I was like, it, I'm, just, I'm having, I'm racking my brain, but it sounds familiar. It, it's one of those ones because it pops up so frequently in pop culture and gets referenced to so frequently. I think that's why it is one of those, like, it is a cult hit for that aspect. But it's super weird. It's about adventurer, brain surgeon, rock musician Buckaroo Banzai and his crime-fighting team, the Hong Kong Cavaliers, must stop evil alien invasion <laughs> invaders from the eighth dimension who are planning to conquer Earth. The cast in this thing is insane. Peter Weller, a.k.a. Robocop, John, Robocop, yeah. John Lithgow, Ellen Barkin, Jeff Goldblum, Christopher Lloyd. Like, that alone is like, holy crap. <laughs> and like... It wasn't a success in the box office at all, but like it went on to be this thing. And it is so batshit science fiction 80s crazy. Like the music is 80s, the wardrobe is 80s, everything's about it so 80s. And that's kind of what's so great about it. And I see why it is kind of a cult uh, hit. Definitely check it out, especially if you like huh. weird sci fi stuff. You're right, though. The cast in it is just like, here you go, bangers, yeah. all bangers. <laughs> <laughs> And and huh. yeah, it's just it's very much like a pulp comic from like the twenties and thirties, where it's just like your hero is a little bit of everything he can do no wrong, and that's what's so great about just it. Just the name alone, like, makes it sound like it's a animation that it's animated. Oh, sure, sure, sure. But then you start dropping all the names. I mean, given I guess no, yeah, yeah. That's I I'm gonna I'm gonna put that one on the list. Yeah, it's. It's on Amazon Prime right now, so go. so if you if if you had to choose one right now, suggest to me: Do I, I watch In the Heights or do I watch Buckaroo Banzai? Uh, I think just for the weirdness factor, I'd have to go Adventure Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai, only because I'm more of a genre guy 
over kind of your straight pop culture kind so of like flair. some like Howard the Duck type shit. Kind of, yeah. Like there's moments where you're okay. like, what the okay. fuck am I watching? It doesn't make sense, but I can't turn away. Okay. Adventures. Of I'm interested. Buckaroo Banzai across the eighth dimension. <laughs> I am interested. Love it. And the name, like anything with thirteen words in the name of the title, I'm I'm hundred percent down for. Walking down and seeing that up on the marquee, you're like, they had to use a lot of abbreviations in this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fuck it. It's They've got threes turned around for yeah. E's and shit. Like <laughs> exactly. Do what they can. Yeah, Buckaroo Bonsai, check it out. That's good. It's I'm pretty good great. Um, so they just released another trailer for the uh, sequel to. The uh, Halloween franchise, the reboot sequel that they're doing, that's basically erased all the history from Halloween 2 on from the old films. It basically is a direct continuation from the original uh, series. Um, They just released it, and it is exactly what you want it to be for what it is. You know, basically, um, Jamie Lee Curtis reprises a role as Laurie Strode, and she's basically like, you know, they're escaping from the finale. They're like, let that bitch burn. And then they see <laughs> they see the fire trucks and they're like, what the fuck are you doing? No, losing their mind. And so it kind of picks up from there. And it's exactly what you think that it's going to be. Her freaking following to be like, I'm going to kill him. That's it. I'm going to murder this bitch. Yeah, we, we've got to figure this shit out. <laughs> <laughs> like, you can't let this guy keep running around killing people. So that's kind of hurt why is no one doing anything about this <laughs> can't you say this guy <laughs> yeah uh yeah i saw i saw they they release was it was it a trailer there or just some pictures i saw today floating around uh i know i only know about the trailer they might have released some set photos the trailer stuff. okay that's yeah. what it was yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah i think some new pictures and stuff came out but yeah that's... i could be mistaken i just saw this today and was like, ooh, this is right up our alley. And it looks so freaking good, too, man. It's it's like... Wait, who's directing it? Uh, oh, Did me, you say? Um, yeah, it's a guy by the name of David Gordon Green, which um, oh. he's done a lot of independent stuff, but he was kind of given the blessing by um, John Carpenter to take okay. over the reins. So that's why he was kind of like, you know, yeah, you do your thing, man. I trust you can, you can do what you need to. So, you know. He's also going to be the guy um, helming the Hellraiser TV series. So that dude's busy. <laughs> huh. Yeah, no shit, right? And he's doing Hellraiser, the gender swap Hellraiser, right? Yeah. So I And know. doing, what are you going to, don't, don't fuck this up. And you got Jamie Lee Curtis? Yeah. Don't, don't, don't fuck this up. I mean, at this point, like he did such a good job with the previous film. That it's like, all right, let's see what else you got. Let's see if you can do a sequel to the film, because that's usually where these things fall apart is in their sequels. So, I mean. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I mean, we get Anthony Michael Hall in it. We, I mean, it's it's going to be great. So, uh, look forward to that October uh, 15th. Anthony Michael Hall, Dexter? No, no, no. Anthony Michael Hall is um, like Breakfast Club. That's Michael C. Hall, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're thinking Michael C. Hall. Okay. Anthony Michael Hall is like from... <laughs> The, the, the old Brett, Brett Pack, like um, sixteen candles, that kind of stuff. He was he always okay. played the nerdy some, kid, like some John Hughes shit. Yeah, weird science. He was as well. Damn, so. all of John Hughes's shit. Yeah, kind of, more or less. So yeah, that's 
kind of the cool news about this. And it's also like, it, this isn't the end of it. I guess they're going to have one more follow-up film after that's supposed to come out next year. So he's going to direct a trilogy, so pretty much? Basically, a weird trilogy that's already going off of him. Yeah. So did, and I'm sorry if you already said it, but release date on this? Uh, October 15th of this year. So just the time okay, for, perfect. as so any good slasher movie should be, just before Halloween. And I think we talked about that, too, because that's the reason I ask, is like, you know, they put out Halloween in fucking July. Yeah. Because they do shit like that. They you will. Know? And I, I think we looked back during the Halloween episodes last year. Damn. Because, um, like, there's, like, two or three Friday the 13th that came out on, like, you know, the 23rd or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, the yeah. 27th. And you're like, you fucking assholes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's still fun, though. It is great. I'm not mad at it. Um, another very cool thing that they're releasing is they're going to be doing another Transformers movie. Which for some might be like, really? Mm, Why? I'm stoked. But the good news this. is, is that they've kind of gotten away from Michael Bay doing it, and they've got a new cat in the thing, in the driver's seat, uh, Stephen Capel, Capel yeah. Jr., something like that. Um, but Transformers: Rise of the Beasts, which for '90s fans suggests that they might be doing Beast Wars. Beast Wars. Oh, oh, that just made my hair stand up. We just talked about Beast Wars on the action figure episode. And then we talked, I think, last episode with the damn SR-71 jet that if Optimus Prime just walked around with, you know, fucking Beast Wars as his pet. Yeah. Come on, yeah. man. Yeah, this is a... Uh, <laughs> it's kind of it's cool but just because we just talked about In the Heights, but Anthony Ramos is in this <laughs> and known from In the Heights. Hey, <laughs> yeah. uh, long time uh, voice of Optimus Prime is definitely going to be back. Peter Cullen, which is cool. Perfect. But one of the biggest castings that we just saw today, I believe, Ron Perlman, the one and only, yes. is going to be doing the voice of Optimus Primal, which just seems like. Oh, dude, that's so exciting. Perfect. I'm excited. I haven't been like. Shit, I'm real bad at watching all the Transformers movies because I kind of fell off after the third one. It's kind of like Fast and the Furious, man. Like, why don't we got nine of these? But <laughs> look, they they did it, man. They're, instead of just making another fucking Transformers movie, they're like, why don't we pull from Beast Wars? Yeah. Like, we have yeah. the technology. We can do this. And it looks sick. And they're... Look, anything Ron Perlman does, I'm down for. Fuck yeah, dude. Like, put that man in more stuff. I know he's getting a little older now, but he's a badass. He's a badass. And <laughs> to play Optimus Primal is, it's, that's pretty fucking cool. It is. It makes me wonder how many characters they're going to pull from it. But they did say, like, they're going to do, like, a hybrid of, like, the the warmth and the comedy of Bumblebee movie. And they're also going to capture some of the action and, and that kind of stuff from the Michael Bay movie. So hopefully it's a nice combination of both for this, but I'm interested to see how they're going to introduce, um, the beasts. If this is going to happen on another planet or if this is a prequel of sorts or Or like what size comparison. Yeah. You know, like, cause you get Optimus prime just tearing up fucking New York city with Megatron, just fucking shit up. Yeah. Now imagine that was a cheetah, you know, Or a gorilla. Yeah. And or do we have a King Kong situation on our hand? Or are they more like 15-foot-tall animals? Make them a that little... That change into motorcycles. Maybe a little more reasonable where maybe they're not so like, why are they big as yeah, a skyscraper? They should be the size, maybe maybe bigger than an average animal, but like theirs about, so that way there's some like 
they can because the whole thing of transformers was they were robots in disguise so you wouldn't know that that's a robot sitting next to you at a stoplight because it's just a semi truck you know whereas the newer movies have made it like i don't know once they transform they're so big it's like what what <laughs> it doesn't make sense yeah i yeah either way i'm that this is cool yeah i mean to be excited for a transformers movie yeah, Transformers: Rise of the Beasts is scheduled to hit theaters on June. 20th. I, that's exciting. I'm, I'm yeah. Bring yes, We're yes. A year away from having a new Transformers. Yes, I'll, I'll, I'll watch. I've seen them all, and they definitely kind of man. They go all over the place. But like, I'm, I'm always down to be like, let's see what you can do with it. What are you going to introduce that's new? And this, the last one they introduced, um, Grimlock, the uh, transforming Tyrannosaurus Rex, and. Okay, all right, you've introduced the dinosaurs. Now you yeah. now you kind of have to uh <laughs> It's one of um it's just one more thing on the Beast Wars oh. thing and we'll get off of it. Um but one of the rare games for um one of the rare games for N64 is Transformers or Beast Wars Trans Metals, another blockbuster exclusive. Uh and it uh one of the fucking only blockbuster games I do not have, actually. <laughs> so we're hunting that one down. All right. Back from technical difficulties. Yeah. But yeah. Transformers, tra- Beast Wars, Trans Metals. Yes. Oh. I got that name somewhere right in there. Yeah. But it's like one of the rarest, one of the rarer N64 games out there. But it was also a blockbuster exclusive. Oh, which shit. is weird because you would think all blockbuster exclusives were rare. Yeah. But I think Trans Metals was maybe someplace else too i'd have to check back that's wild but like transmetal is like 80 dollar game transmetal you know uh clay fighters is like a a thousand dollar game you know that's <laughs> it's wild. just like there, there's quite the difference here they're both real shitty games both <laughs> fighting games nonetheless yeah that was a big thing let's turn everything into a fighting game uh yeah yeah excited about trans well a while ago we um Talked about Hanna-Barbera with uh, uh, Warner Brothers and stuff like that. Um, well, they just released the trailer for Jellystone for HBO Max. It looks like they're going to be releasing a bunch of just cartoons featuring these guys, these old uh, cartoons from the past. So that's kind of, I think it's exciting. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, we just talked about this not that long ago yeah. on what they were going to do with Hanna-Barbera stuff. <laughs> like it was time. Uh, so is it going to be like a, like a drawn together type of show? I mean, not the rated R part aspect of drawn together. I know what you're saying. But like just a bunch of different characters. It kind of seems all in the same universe. Yeah. I think that's kind of what they're setting up is like Jellystone is like the place, but then we also have like, oh, look, there's Yogi, but there's also Jabberjaw and Wally Gator and whoever else from this huge ass list of, uh, 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 cartoon so i mean it'll be interesting to see what they do with it but hopefully what they do along with this so this way people can kind of familiarize themselves a bit more is maybe maybe add the old content to the streaming service so that way people go back and watch the old um you know yeah yeah you're right that i mean i would i couldn't imagine them not doing it right i mean it seems like a no-brainer if you own the properties why wouldn't you just have that as an extra like, oh, here's this new show we have. Watch that. But here's some older shows so that we could get to know these characters. Because I don't know too many kids who are going to know that much about a top cat, you know, like. Uh, yeah. Yeah. 
Snagglepuss. Are we even allowed to say that anymore? I know. Such a euphemism. Like that, that, oh, that's, yeah. <laughs> it just sounds like a dirty word, one Snagglepuss. Of, one of my favorite things that came out of these old shows was a show called Wacky Racers. I don't know if you ever watched it, but like, it's, Wacky. it had like uh, Dick Dastardly and Muttley and <laughs> Dick Dastardly. <laughs> But like they all, it was just a racing, and then each episode is very animated, very fun. Like, who would win this course? And it's just I don't Dick know. Dick Dastardly. I don't know. That's just <laughs> why the creativeness in in the early 1900s and mid 1900s unparalleled. Alliteration was huge. You'd always have it like a da or a PP or a DD or a CC. It would always have to be like a name that was like. You know, Peter. Well, I mean, that was like and... the Marvel thing, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like they were big for that. Yeah. Oh, Kabong! <laughs> uh, I'm excited for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I. You know, I don't know. I didn't really grow up on much Hanna Barbera. You know, like short of what the Flintstones. I mean, the early days was, of... was the Jetsons Hanna Barbera. I don't know. It all feels like the same kind of era, there, doesn't it? Like everything was just yeah, anything kind before of. like Scooby Doo's all Hanna Barbera. <laughs> Cap- yeah captain caveman captain caveman like i remember watching the yeah. reruns on car- produced by Hanna barbera cartoon network in the early days when they didn't have much material for cartoon networks they used a lot of Hanna barbera stuff so it was like that's where i got to introduce yeah i guess that's true that, so yeah get just 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 throwing it out there when was the jetsons 1959 close 62 but i don't know it's coming here that's soon. a lot older because i watched the jetsons growing up yeah and 30 years after it was originally released isn't that wild that's wild that's good longevity for a show though and that cartoon was still good yeah. when i was a kid yeah. you know like that's it's it was still watchable it's because by then the animation hadn't improved tv animation has hadn't improved to a degree so it all looked the same, whether it was from the 50s or the 80s, it all still felt the same. Yeah, it just got color at some <laughs> yeah, yeah, point. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. Like, it was just because, yeah, because they probably saw in black and white in 62, and I, I saw it colorized yeah. in 94. Yeah. Huh. I don't know, man. Interesting. Yeah. It's cool that they're bringing it back in like an original form, though. Like, they're not just like, hey, we acquired the license. Here's all the old shit. They're like, no, we're going to use the license for something. So that's cool. Yeah. I respect that. Let's check it out, boo boo. Uh, July 29th. <laughs> let's get ourselves some picnic oh, baskets. So it's soon. Yeah, man. It, we're like less than a month or a month ish. Yeah, that's cool. Um, so we talked about, I think over the last few weeks, how Vampire the Masquerade was getting into the video game realm. Let's call it that realm. Yes. Works. Um, well, it turns out they're not stopping at just video games, my friend. They're doing movies and they're doing TV. Damn. The world Are they of, that popular? Yeah, I, apparently. World of Darkness, uh, which is kind of the overarching umbrella of this company um, that has, like, Vampire the Masquerade, Werewolf the Apocalypse, Mage the Ascension, Orpheus, and Hunter the Reckoning. So all these different kind of RPGs that are happening, uh, they're bringing to various mediums across the platform. So I'm interested to see what they do, especially with something like Werewolf the Apocalypse, because that's like... Big time werewolf stuff, and I like the werewolf stuff. We've seen vampires done yeah. to death, but werewolves, short of um, Underworld, we haven't seen much 
like cool action werewolf stuff. So I'd be interested to see what. Damn, it's part of the Hunter Reckoning series. I did not realize. Oh no, no, no. Oh, okay. World of Darkness covers all those RPGs. Hunter the Reckoning is actually a pretty good Xbox. Um, I mean, the... what, if, what? Are vampires coming back? Did I miss a? Did I miss a memo? It's it's the horror wave, man. As it does, like it was zombies for the longest time, and I think vampires and the supernatural, like ghosts and possession and exorcisms, kind of took over that slot for a bit. And now I think we're starting to slowly get back into the vampire werewolf kind of stuff. Huh? Yeah. Interesting. Waves. Not if not from like I'm just not I'm not a huge vampire fan, but I love anything that's in the universe. Yeah, like I like vampires being in the universe, but I'm just not personally. And plus, I fear Blade. Like Wesley Snipes, it's just he's a dangerous man. Yeah, the day anything to stay off of his radar. You've got to because he'll slice and dice you. Yeah, he'll give you that. Yeah, that little shing shing shing. Chip 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 chow. So yeah, look forward uh, to some uh, cool looking RPG stuff from. Some crazy supernatural stuff coming out soonish. There's no. If there's one thing. Oh god. No, you're good. I said if there's one thing coming out of the pandemic, uh, like D and D, like blew back up. Some RPGs. There's a lot of great music coming out, and like people really had some time to be like, let's make some yeah, cool shit. Yeah. You know. So hopefully, coming out of all this, uh, and we're gonna talk about some of the cool shit that like a lot of it got developed during the pandemic here in our nostalgia. Um, but other than the fact that we lost an entire year of our lives and lived in fear and couldn't wipe our ass without, you know, construction paper, maybe some good stuff comes out of it. I don't know. Here's hoping. Here's hoping we get cool shit. I mean, especially with all the streaming services that popped up, it's like there's, they need to have stuff to (laughs) fill it. They're like, um, how can we make people pay cable money without them having cable? Yeah. They figured (laughs) it out. I'm up to like $80 in subscriptions That's a month. wild. Yeah, no. But when people are like, well, you could have just got cable. I'm like, bitch, I still have no commercials. Yeah. No commercials, except on Amazon. Amazon, and the way Amazon does it is fine. Because they're like, oh, you want to watch something? Cool. You have Amazon Prime? Awesome. No commercials during what you're watching. But they'll like bust through an Amazon ad. Oh, yeah. Where it's they're only advertising themselves. It's not like so weird. Gillette Razor, you know, blah blah blah. It's just like, hey, here's some other shit on Amazon. Welcome to your feature presentation. Yeah, which you know, kids don't know about feature presentations. Not down. <sighs> yeah, I don't know. It's a good time. Uh, yeah, kind of a news light week this week. Yeah, I got one more for you. Uh, just to kind of round it out, and this one's super, just quick and simple. Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog two wraps filming. That's it. That's all I wanted to add. To cool. There. Awesome. We get in a second one of those because the first one was good enough. God, it was. We watched that the other day, my dude, and that thing is so much fun. Like, it's such a I, yeah. fun, lighthearted, like, yeah, there's some danger to it and you feel like there are real stakes and, you know, all this stuff. But, like, at the end, we get a sneak peek into, you know, Tails being a part of it. We. We've already seen that Knuckles is going to be a part of it. We see that Robotnik is going to become the Eggman that we know. Like, yeah, ah, the potential is so good. I I love the first one. Is it the best video game movie ever made? No. Was it a bad video game movie? Hell no. no. It was a great video game movie. They somehow pulled it off. Yeah, they somehow pulled it off. (laughs) Like, with some fucking Who Framed Roger Rabbit style animation live action. Yeah. Which you would have assumed just wouldn't have worked. Yeah, you would assume that it wouldn't work. Huh. Yeah, I'm I'm stoked for that. 
Um, Give it to me. And we're almost back in theaters. I know. Like, they've been pushing that hard now where they've stopped really, like, they'll still do, like, I mean, HBO still does what they do and Disney still does what they do, but there really is a push for, like, no longer doing just digital releases. Now they're like, no, we have to get people back in theaters. And I think with Black Widow, we'll really see how many people are ready to get their asses back in the seats to be able to sit with other people and go, oh, I remember what this was like. This is so great. Um, yeah. But it feels get we're, it, we're getting close, man. It feels close. Yeah. Like I'm seeing less and less masks every day. We went to a, a place over by the house. It's like one of those new like hipster pop-up mall things you know where it's like they took an abandoned warehouse and they made a two-story with little shops and a beer hall and a you know just some restaurants and shit cool place super bougie and expensive not my (laughs) style but the food was good and there was a bunch of beer there hey um but packed packed no no six foot distancing you know we went to a a little bar that you pour your own drinks kind of cool actually this this is actually kind of neat so you walk in, and when you walk in, you walk straight up to the register. And you put your card in, and you add a tip. So, you know, put your card in, hit the 20% button, which, in hindsight, probably too much of a tip because they're not doing anything. They're not doing uh, <laughs> But So you sit down at a table or whatever, and it's pretty much buffet style. So they got a bunch of taps on the wall, like eight different kinds of wine that come out of, like, a keg tap. And then, you know, 30 different beers, and at the end, you can get, like, a whiskey drink. A Moscow Mule or a margarita. Nice. And you pretty much walk up and grab a glass, and they've got like six different types of glasses that you you drink. You could drink wine out of a pint glass if you wanted to, you know. But they got wine glasses if you want to be that person. Fancy. Um. But yeah, you like it's cool because you like walk up and there's like a screen above the tap, and it has a little slot, and you slide your card in the slot, and you pull the tap, and it judges, and you pay by ounce. So oh. like you could do half beer and pay like two fifty. You know, like, oh, I want to try a little bit of margarita, and then I'm going to go over here to the Coors Light. That's 38 cents an ounce, you know, and it's like $4 a beer because they had Coors Light on tap. Everything was local, uh, but it was a real cool concept. And then at the end, you just drop your card in a bucket, and then eventually they charge you, I think. I think. Hopefully. I don't know. Yeah, I have no idea because, like, the transaction was very minimal. But I still tipped them 20% on probably like a $20 tab. And looking back, I'm like, y'all don't deserve this. Like, I just sat my cups at the end of the table. And I poured my own drinks. I did all my own things. But they do serve food there. So maybe maybe at that point. So maybe next time I go back, it's 10%, 8% if I'm drinking. Because everyone deserves a tip. Everybody. Huh, that sounds cool. That's a really it, cool it concept. It was a cool concept. Yeah. It was a cool concept. You got to give it to uh, people for being innovative, and that's a real nice way to be yeah, like. How can we do a little less work, but make it like it, make people feel like they're not working to do their own thing? You know, like, I'm like, oh, should I get to pour my own beer? Like, oh, this is great. <laughs> awesome. And that fucking people, the owners are just like fucking idiots. Fucking idiots. <laughs> they don't. We didn't even got to pay them waitress wage up in this bitch. <laughs> you know, the $3 that waiters and waitresses Yeah, exactly. Make. You know? They, uh. <laughs> that's great um yeah i'm gonna do another uh podcast shout out um this call this one's called ron stant um it features rhett and link from good mythical morning okay and this is that's what kind of caught my ear about it because i watched them morning uh, i watched them in the mornings getting ready for work or whatever the day um uh, i'll just read off their description because it's perfect uh ron stant starring rhett and link is a supernatural noir comedy 
set on the mean streets of L.A. about a 911 phone jockey whose night job, along with self-described Kradar, leads him deep into Side B, a world filled with magic, monsters, and all things mythical. Huh. That sounds good, actually. It's it's super great. It's done by these guys called Q-Code, and they're known for like doing the immersive sound stuff, which I'm really digging the folks who take their time to do really cool audio stuff when you're listening to your headphones or even in car speakers. Um, it's a very cool story. It's just, you know, it's basically you're following uh, Rhett's character, Ron Stant, around, and it it's like a rabbit hole. Like, once it starts going, it's like deep. Check it out. Uh, huh. It's on everything. Um, Interesting. Anywhere you listen to stuff is there. The one we talked about, was it yeah. last week, two weeks ago? Bad last vibes, week? yeah. Bad vibes, yeah. Great. Right? That one turned out to be fantastic. Yeah. yeah. You cannot, you, the 360 sound makes it very quiet. So it's definitely one of those like shows that is better with like over the ear mm-hmm. or some sort of like, hey, you're just sitting on the couch doing nothing, you know? Um, because it sounds like if there's a lot of noise, the way that they do the sound, the 360 sound and stuff, they make it, it just defeats the purpose if there's a bunch of noise outside of your head. Really good stuff. Um, Speaking of nostalgia stuff, we're about to bring back one of the most nostalgic things that our podcast has ever seen. Um, Rick has down here and snuck in this week a who would win. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. This is like we just who would win, right? Like that's how it works. Yeah, we just get in there. We put up our contenders and we discuss who we think would be the potential uh, uh, champion. Victor. Uh, What's your victor, Victor? Um, This week, in celebration of the uh, wrapping of Sonic 2 and the release of the brand new Mario uh, Golf, which we'll get into a little later on, uh, we have Miles Tails Prowler versus Yoshi the Dinosaur. You know, (laughs) I always knew his name was Miles, but why even give him a last name? Like, the flying, what is he, a squirrel? What is he? He's, fox? He's a fox. He's fox, two tailed fox. Ta- fox. Yes. Uh, why is he need a last name? I, it's just fun. Like, it is. I mean, most characters in the Sonic universe actually have like full names, which is super crazy, except for Sonic. But Sonic's, Sonic's full just name? Oh. Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> he's just not a Sonic. He's just like Cher or Madonna. He's just running okay. around with. So, right off the bat, our Venn diagram pros get out the yellow legal pad, tails can fly. Tails can fly. Okay. Does Tails, he does not have a maximum fly height, right? It's not like he can hover or glide, but he can legitimately fly. Yeah. Yeah. He's a legit, okay. like, I get around by flying. Okay. Yoshi. Yoshi. All right. Kind of a beta. Gets ridden. <laughs> uh, that's, that's a con, I think. Maybe not to some people. Um, but it's... Tongue is wicked. Mm, Yoshi got real sexual real fast for me. Uh, his tongue is, is wild. Yeah, all right. Dude. So, like, Tell's got to watch that. Plus, he's got like a, a defense, you know, because he can just, bloop, I'm an egg now, you know, like. Oh, yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So, like, like, he's more of, I don't know. This one's tough because, again, Tails can fly, but Yoshi's a, kind of like. He's a little wild, like he's he's semi tamed. But if you like fall off him, he just takes off. Yeah, he doesn't listen. He's like fuck you, you know. So, so he's kind of like a wild bronco of of 
you know, the Yoshi. What the fuck is Yoshi? A dinosaur? He's a dinosaur. I mean, in the Mario universe, as much as dinosaurs are dinosaurs, because, like, he has a shell, right? No, he doesn't. Okay, I'm getting confused with the, with the, no. he The turtle. (laughs) Turtles are dinosaurs like rectangles are squares. (laughs) Or square i got you i got well yeah there was there was something that worked in that uh yeah yeah i just i i don't know how much i fear tails like i think like you know what though i will say tails also kind of gets ridden he he helps sonic get to higher spaces that was kind of his big thing is that sonic could hold on and then tails could propel him up to a bonus level or wherever or places he couldn't reach so they're both betas in that aspect, but Tails okay. has intelligence because he is a tech wizard. He creates planes, gadgets, everything the uh, Freedom Fighters need to fight Robotnik. So, so what you're saying here is we have like Tony Stark versus Godzilla. Like that's what's happening. <laughs> Except like, like at the end of the day, does Tony Stark beat the shit out of Godzilla? I don't think so. Yoshi attack wise also has like his little his little oh, flutter kick thing. Or his like little long jump shit, you know. And plus, he's got his tongue, Dude. and then he can lay eggs. You know, he lays he lays eggs. The biggest thing Yoshi has going for him is he's a lot like Kirby, where he'll just eat a motherfucker and put him in an egg. Like you know, yeah. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> he's like don't now be, you're trapped, bitch. Don't bend over when Yoshi's around, or else you'll get a surprise right in your star. That's true, starfish. right? He does do like some Kirby shit. And uh, he's just like, yeah, I'm just going to eat you. I'm going to eat you. He'll kick you in the face and then eat you and then poop you out into an egg. Yeah. That's pretty disrespectful for someone who's super beta like Yoshi is. Yeah. I think, I don't know. It all comes down. I don't mm. know. See, There's I, not a lot of violence in either one of these I, things, so bo- it's hard to portray violence. They're both secondary characters who are just like, hey, whatever you need, bro, I'm here for you. And then as soon as they're needed, they're like, all right. Here we go. They're both transport carriers, secondary characters. They're help characters. Yeah, but it almost seems like like Tails is a voluntary, and where Yoshi just happens to be at the wrong place at the wrong time, and this <laughs> stupid little Italian dude hops on his back. No offense to Italians. I was talking about Mario, Mario in general, yeah. not Italy or Italians at all. Um, damn, I'm going to get us canceled. At uh, some point, we're going to have to fight someone, whether it be verbally or online bullying. There, there, there's a good chance that, and if if it's gonna be one or the other, it's a hundred percent gonna be me. Yeah. Like I'm gonna get us canceled. <laughs> Look, any press is good press, right? I suppose. Uh, I suppose. Yeah. This, this one's uh, this one's weird because again, there's not a lot of violence, and Yoshi's a runner anyway. Like he might just be like, "Fuck this, I'm out." Yeah, but he. But he could. There's no he way he turn can, you into an egg. He can. No, there's no way he can outrun Tails. Tails can keep up with Sonic. Yeah, not, which makes Sonic a little bit more. Um, not full Sonic. Well, yeah, I guess I'm here sure for not. you, Sonic. Because remember, you do that in the games where you'd really get going through the level, like, and then like eventually Tails would be like, oh, "Here I am, hey buddy." That's why you It's fine. It's fine. You good? Um, who would win? This one's this one's interesting. It, I didn't think I was gonna have this much problem. It's really like a, just, like if Tails could keep him at a distance with using technology, right? He's using plunger guns or something to keep That's what I'm thinking. Like Tails could in theory just build a gun. Yeah. And then just like wow. But if Yoshi doesn't really stop a bullet. But also like Tails just seems like Tails is the vegan of this fight. <laughs> you know, like 
You know what I'm saying? Like, he just does not seem like a violent person. Whereas Yoshi is kind of one of those, like, sociopath persons where he just doesn't give enough away, but he's just wild enough to where, like, he might kick you in the face. He also just shit out an egg with somebody in it. Like, we're not for sure, you know. I don't think he's trying to kill them, but it's just inadvertent because they suffocate once they're in the egg, you know. But Yoshi just thinks he's like, yo, check out what I did. Like, I just <laughs> I just shit out an egg. Why is there an egg you know, behind he doesn't me? Realize, How'd this happen? Yeah, Where'd this egg come from? Wouldn't it be funny yeah, if he had no idea? Some, like, every time. Yeah, he was like, just like, what the fuck? Like, what the fuck? There's another goddamn egg behind me. He's like, what just, like, I just ate and I just, I don't, I don't understand. What? Yeah, I think, I look, on that argument alone, you know, I think, I think Tails just tries to talk, talk down the fight. And Yoshi's just like, bloop, like, <laughs> oh, you know, and, and it's not necessarily like Yoshi's not trying to kill Tails. He just, again, happens to suffocate in the egg <sighs> that he just popped out of Yoshi's ass with or in, you know, like if you got eaten by Yoshi, like whether you stay alive or not and you're able to get out of the egg one way or another, you'd be like, I'm good. I'm not messing with this little dinosaur. I yeah, have I don't, seen his inside digestive yeah, tract. Yeah, I don't want to go through this. Like, his <laughs> digestive tract is insane. It's, it's weird. It's like Mary Poppins' bag in there. I went through fucking everything. Like, he just instantly shit me out, but I just saw my life flash forward before my eyes. You know? Like, like what? Damn, Yoshi Yoshi just eats, eats tails and just inadvertently murders him. So Yoshi's only four foot seven. I'm just looking at only up. that's a five foot tall like Velociraptor, dude. Like Velociraptors were five foot t- or something like that. Twelve. I don't know. I gotta see. Well, let me see. I just I'm just curious on like if they line up how how who who decides how big these it, it is a weird like look if if you go off of like Tails was if Tails is about the same size as Sonic and Sonic in the new movie. He's about three and a half to four feet tall. Yoshi's fucking tails up. Oh. Come on, internet. Don't fail me now. 80 centimeters. What is that? And God damn it. Why can't you just. How many centimeters an inch? 10? <sighs> Something. No, there's a hundred. There's a hundred meters. And <laughs> there's a hundred centimeters in a meter. Okay. Meters three feet ish. So yeah, he's small. We're showing our. Three and a half feet. Showing our, our ignorance by. Uh... <laughs> Look, it's not my fault. America oh, decided yeah. to stick with them. That's good math, right? He's uh, thirty, about thirty-two inches. Dude, that's money math. Oh my gosh! I'm good. I know how to. F- come on, Europe, come at me. That's not very <laughs> tall at all, man. Not even three feet tall. Just because y'all's system of measurement is smarter than ours doesn't mean ours is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I can math. <laughs> I can math. That's pretty wild, man. Yeah, Yoshi wins. Yoshi, I think. I think in that case, he's got the size. And the durability and the power. If Tails could keep him at bay, that would work. But unfortunately, I don't think he would have the time to be able to construct something that would be able to defend against and incapacitate Yoshi. So we'll give it to Yoshi. He would have to bring a gun. Yeah. But if they're just hand-to-hand combat and not using their, you know, maybe Tails is smart enough to just dip. He's like, no, I've seen your work, dude. I'm I'm good. And what's crazy is they're from two different systems, which is kind of cool. Yeah, you got your like Sonic being a Sega. Sega. Yeah, she'd be in the tent. He's like, you see how much money I made as a side character, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> I'm on the cover. Uh, <laughs> I, I guess got... so is Tails though. Yeah, Yoshi got He's his own game though, where he had to freaking keep track of a baby. Like as wild as Yoshi is, like the fact that he was able to like 
escort a baby from like wherever to a castle or whatever he's supposed to take that baby that's Mario. true it does like, show some sort of intelligence he's like all right so he has enough to be like i must take this to there a yoshi traveling at 80 miles per hour leaves the mushroom kingdom at 80 kilometers <laughs> per minute at what time does he reach this <laughs> rainbow bridge <laughs> You know what? You just, I just said we could map, dude, and you fucked us there. <laughs> Put your answers on the Facebook uh, fan page there if you figured out the equation. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, please. I'll have you on the podcast if you figured out that equation. Um, speaking of Yoshi and things that he starred in and more of a star character, as Rick alluded to a little earlier this week for nostalgia, I want to talk about Mario Golf. Okay. Mario Golf Super Rush just dropped for the Switch on Friday, the 25th, and it is fantastic. Fantastic. I had heard rumors before I went and bought it. I pre-ordered it, went and picked it up on Friday or whatever after work. Um, I had heard rumors that this was the best Mario sports game in a decade. Like, that was what was coming out. People were losing their minds over it. Even when I went to GameStop to pick up my copy, I was like, how's it been today? And they're like, honestly, like, we haven't sold a game like this since Zelda. Like, wow. we, you know, they were just like, it is wild how popular it got so fast. And for a reason. We'll talk about that in a minute. Um, I just want to go back because we haven't really gotten that many Mario Golf installments. No. Um, and definitely not ones that were worthwhile. So before we can talk about Mario Golf, there was a Mario Golf. Before a lot of people realized Mario Golf was a thing. Uh, and that was the NES Open Tournament. Um, not a lot of people have heard about that. Okay, we're going to talk about it here. Uh, the NES Open is an NES game, of course, as the title states, <laughs> where player one can play as Mario, player two, of course, as Luigi, where you have uh, Princess Daisy and Princess Peach both caddying for uh, the said brothers. Um, came out in 91 on the NES. It's an okay golf game. For an NES golf game, especially if you don't want to play black label golf uh, for the NES. But oddly enough, this turned out eight years later to be one of the best sports games ever released. And on June 11th of 99, we got Mario Golf for the N64. Um, they upped the characters on this, which was kind of cool. Uh, for the N64 version, you could play as Mario, Luigi, Wario, which was a kind of cool addition at that point. Um, Yoshi and Princess Peach. Uh, so not horrible selection here, but they turned a sport that normally people just find boring into something that not only is it super simplistic and just about anyone can pick up, but it's got a pretty good skill curve yeah. considering and is an amazing party game, you know, and I, I, I bring it back to something like, um, like we bowling, mm. you know, we bowling has a cadence. To where it's like, okay, you you know when your next turn's gonna be. And Mario, especially on the 64, a four-person party game, you know, you can play it where one person shoots at a time. You know, like, hey, oh cool, I'm fourth, like sweet. I'm gonna go grab a drink. I'll be back. It's got enough challenge and skill and a little bit of luck to where anyone could win a game. You know, like if someone's sitting down playing a bunch of it, it is what it is. But it just a fantastic game that kind of came out of nowhere, especially for Mario delving into like a sports world. Cause this is kind of our first big publication for Mario sports stuff. That wasn't, you know, NES super Nintendo era. This 
you know, we're not getting it from PlayStation. PlayStation came out. And this is deep into the N64's lifespan. Hmm. Like, 99, the N64 came out in 96, North America. So you were three years in for them to drop one of, you know, the classic. It got a player's choice game a year later, um, as they all would. Um, <laughs> at the same time, they dropped Mario Golf on the Game Boy Color. Not yeah. as good. Um, it came out two years later, but as you, you could probably tell, like, it is a Game Boy Color golf game. It played okay for what it was, especially for portable at the time. Um, but it was a port from the N64 game. It, uh, it was what it was. Um, these first two games, and I'd have to double check on the 3DS one, but Mario Golf done by Camelot. Mm-hmm. Um, they were the original makers of it, publisher or producer, uh, developers. Jesus. <laughs> um, Four years later, we get what may be one of the greatest sports games of all time given to us. Again, Nintendo with their four-player awesomeness come out with Mario Golf Toadstool Tour for the Nintendo GameCube. Um, This came out July 28th of 2003. It added a couple more playable characters. So as with any progression in a game system, as we can add more people. So you still get all the main people from the original Mario Golf game, but now they've added Koopa Troopa, Princess Daisy, Diddy Kong, Waluigi, Birdo, which was a crazy situation, uh, Bowser Jr., Boo, Shadow Mario, Mario, and Petey Piranha, which, again, Piranha Plant having a name is weird. Um... And just him being in anything is kind of weird. They even put him as a playable character in Smash Brothers uh, for the new Smash Brothers. But really, again, for yes, you can play as Piranha Plant. Uh, it's the last character I got during my Smash Brothers kick when it first dropped. Um, wow! <laughs> but this one upgraded some maps. It gave you more options as well as more playable characters. Fantastic. We still break this game out at parties and stuff, um, as well as Mario Tennis, which maybe we'll talk about at a different time. Mario Tennis not nearly as good. Mario Golf just is the epitome of a good sports party game. You can have four people playing it. Again, the skill on it is very lackluster, uh, but you can get good at it if you play it enough. There is no doubt that there is definitely a skill curve. But still, uh, the party game aspect, Mm -hmm. just, just of Nintendo in general, was amazing. Yeah. Four players, like I said, on the GameCube. Um they they changed a couple things here. Like they added some backspin stuff and made a, the ball control a little more, which again when we talk about skill curve is like a big thing for me because I have to want to be able to get better. If it's all the same every time. Like you look at like an NBA jam, mm. you know, where there was skill with NBA jam, but the skill curve was you know what it was from a, a four button game or whatever three button game on the Sega. Mm-hmm. Um whereas Mario Golf is like between the slope of the green, the power, how you have to hit power shots, there's special shots, um, and basing everything off of the wind. You know, there's so many little minute things that can cause a shift in your shot at any time that it gave just enough RNG, especially in a party game if you're having a couple of drinks, doing your thing. That's like you could really fuck up your game on one shot, <laughs> especially in some of the like some of the GameCube courses were like in wooded trees where you're like going from leaf to leaf up a tree. So like if you fall off the side of the fucking leaf, that's OB, baby. Back to start, you know? So it, it's just one of those things where like they 
they just perfected something that that was already so good for the N64, adapted it to a newer console, added more stuff. Of course, the graphics look better, but it was still the same base game where it was still a party game. It was still a simple system, um, still four players. Fantastic. Uh, and then you've got this, these middle parts. Yeah. They kind of, they kind of <laughs> fell off. Before we get too far, played either one of these when you were growing up? When when the N sixty four is big or we GameCube we definitely played the Mario Golf sixty four uh, Drew's console remember playing that one quite a bit loving it because it was like like you said it's super simple but like the more you play the better you get and then and it's arcadey so it's not so like yeah it's fun it's, you know it's it's definitely it's not a simulation yeah you're not and it's characters that you love yeah so it's like even better you're not playing with you know at that point you'd be playing with fucking Payne Stewart or VJ Singh or something in PGA Tour. I don't even know if they made PGA Tour. I know I have PGA Tour golf for the Sega, but and then mm. anyways, and then of course we played the GameCube one over at friends' places, playing that one. Like that's what they do well. That's what Nintendo does really well with like their game, their sports stuff. Is that it's like let's take this thing, let's simplify it where it's that, but then we'll add things to it that if you want to delve into it, you can be better at this. Just all the way around, these are great games. Uh, as for the handheld stuff, wouldn't touch them. I haven't really ever been a big handheld guy. Um, yeah. No, me neither. Um, yeah, like I said, they kind of uh, they kind of fall off here on this next one. They tried to do something that I just don't know. I've never played through this game. I've played it uh, in the past, but never had like a true blue experience. So my view on this is probably a little biased uh but a year after coming out with toadstool tour they dropped mario golf the advanced tour Mm -hmm. uh this one got a little weird because they almost made it a story driven game and which makes a little sense because of the fact that it's on a handheld of course you don't want to be passing your game boy advanced you know especially before you had an sp it wasn't even backlit still on that original advance so but they made it like a like I said, more of a story driven game to where it almost had some RPG elements to it. Uh, which in a golf game, it's like create my character, cool, whatever. Yeah. All right, not my Mario Golf. I I really just don't think that you needed to first of all make this game. Yeah, Mario Golf for the Game Boy Color that seems cool because again, it could be a single player game. You can do whatever at this point in your stage where you have the the GameCube out. I don't think you put out a Mario Golf game for the handheld at that point because you've cemented what the game is for with like the party pack four player situation. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that there was a way that you could hook it up to your game. Well, I know there was a way you could hook it up to your GameCube because they had a game boy player. Um, but they also had the transfer cables and nice win stuff. So, which you could also do with the N64 with the transfer pack. Um, and I'm sure that there was something I did never get, didn't really get into that. Um, but again, for me, just not, a, not much of a handheld player. It's wild. Oh, Some wow. of the characters in this game, I just, like these just plain vanilla Neil and Ella and then these yes. random ass like here's Joe and Putts. Don't forget Grace and Cherry. Like they're such like who are you? And why are you in this game? Give me the Mario's, the Luigi's, the Toadstool. Don't give yeah, me these. It, it's like they almost ass. didn't get the license for it. Yeah, they just right? really wanted to go off the beaten path, you know? That's so wild. like, ah, we can make Mario Golfish. Um <laughs> Yeah. This is where it gets interesting because we have a 10-year gap That's between wild. that one. So no Mario Golf for the Wii, even though we got a Mario Super Sluggers for the Wii. Um, no Mario Tennis 
for the Wii. Both games that you would expect yeah. to get. Now, I don't know if they did that because of Wii Sports um, or the thousands of other shovelware games because I think there's well over a thousand games for or 800 games maybe for the Wii and A set. Um, but we get another Mario Golf game 10 years later, May 1st, 2014. Uh, and that comes with Mario Golf World Tour. Now, this one kind of gets back to the roots of what we liked. Um, and this is where they introduced being able to play with Miis, which, mm-hmm. for anybody that knows, is introduced with the Wii. And you create a Mii character. This is your avatar for your Nintendo systems. Still used today. Uh, this one was kind of a, a back. I did play this one quite a bit. I actually have it up the shelf over right there behind me. Um, and it's Mario Golf. It's at the end of the day, it's Mario Golf. And this is where we start to get online play, where Mario, you can do your street pass stuff. You can play with people close by. Um, and the career mode was a little bit better because, like, we'll talk about in Super Rush here in just a second. Um, you kind of create a character, and that character can level up and, you know, get more powerful to where, like, if you beat the game, quote unquote, beat the game you know, you have one of the most powerful characters in the game. So, like, you're going to want to use your me more than, like, a Bowser or something. Sure. Where Bowser, yes, can hit far as fuck, but he can't putt for shit, mm. you know? Or something along the lines of that. And, you you know, you've got supers in this game as well. But, again, it's one of those things where, like, when we're playing with our friends, especially with, like, Super Rush, you know, we have to turn the Miis off until everyone completes that character otherwise like i'm gonna roast you because like the highest you can hit as a as a playable character um is like 230 but my me can hit 238 Mm. like is his max so real quick you'll just you just learn so with the me's and stuff so we we end up turning them off um but again we get that may may 1st 2014 uh we get a mario golf so at this point we've got one two three four five golf games total for a franchise that it was pretty fucking popular not including nes open tournament because it's not technically a mario golf um did they but five did they always have the items is that new as of uh the world tour mario golf world tour the using the items in play or is that something that's always been around because i don't recall those at all there's like mushroom makes no, the ball so, roll and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so there's new stuff that they've added in this and in Mario. I think Super Rush has a new mode too, which kind of puts out I like weird items. Sure. Um, I'm sure it's just like uh, cause like Super Rush has a battle mode, and I can't talk on the battle mode yet. And I think World Tour did too. Mm. So maybe it's part of the battle gotcha. mode. Um again, I'm not gonna be able to talk much on that because we did not get we just had enough fun playing 18 whole rounds of golf that we didn't really test out much of the other stuff, except for the one major thing that I think is new um, huh. or new ish, or they used to have it, but it was better. Uh, but world tour is good. Like if you have a 3ds, try That's world cool. tour. Now that brings me seven years later, seven years, another seven yeah, years. So we're wild. past the Wii U. That means no Mario golf for the Wii U. They got it for a handheld, but not the Wii U again. Passed up two major systems well built on being able to do motion control stuff. For sure. Um, and using the Wiimotes. It makes no sense to me. Uh, but this past Friday, we dropped Mario Golf Super Rush. Um, I was excited for this. I was really excited for Mario Golf. Because, again, we play, we still play Mario Golf. 
at parties and get-togethers and stuff, it's a good quick thing to like throw five dollars down on a game of Mario Golf. <laughs> it's golden tea, but without having to have the golden tea machine. Um, lucky for me, I've got quite a few friends that have switches. And quite a few friends that also got excited after not only hearing the reviews that people were dropping on this game, but watching some gameplay. I kept myself silent, radio silent. I didn't watch videos. I didn't look at shit. All right. But the Friday that it comes out, it starts popping up. Instagram, Facebook, talking about it. You can see like the like Polygon, best Mario game in decades, you know, like Mario sports game in a decade. Like they're just dropping shit. They're like, yo, buy this. Even to the point where I go to GameStop to buy mine, and GameStop is like, we don't know what the fuck's going on. We're selling out of them. Like, thank God you pre-ordered. You know, like, people are eating them alive. Um, Right off the bat, just alone on the Switch, I played originally with mine docked. Um, The first five or six hours that I played, I played docked with a pro controller. I want to go ahead and get that out there. I did not play with Joy-Cons. I do have a Switch Pro controller. Mm. Yes, it's gorgeous. It's much nicer. Um, so I have my docked. Uh, you guys can watch it. I've streamed it. Um, it looks fantastic. Yeah. I mean, it just plain and simple just looks fantastic. They added more characters. Um, you can play as Daisy. You can play as Rosalina. Um, you can play as uh, Bombs. I mean, there's a bunch of people. Um, But right off the bat, like, I did not even check out the adventure mode. We just went straight into, let's play some fucking golf. Didn't even know the buttons. We're figuring the buttons out as we go. (laughs) Just right off the bat, you're just like, this is what I'm talking about. I will say we played online for, you know, I've played online three days in a row now. No problems with the net code. No lag. No disconnects. No nothing. Given, I will say... Everyone that I'm playing with is within the Denver metro area. You know, we're within state. We're on the same, you know, Comcast internet in a sense. Maybe that plays it apart. The switch is Wi-Fi. Like, I do not have an adapter hooking up a LAN cable to this. It's not hardwired. I am completely playing over Wi-Fi. Played great. Great. Had no issues all night. No problem. Um, They added... Or reimagined, I think. I think this is what was in World Tour was speed golf or a version mm. of speed golf. So what this is is you pretty much run to your ball. So you take your hit and you fucking the, sprint to your that ball. Was well, you can <laughs> you can smack other people as you like roll past. You know you have stamina and stuff, so you can only sprint super fast for so long. You get to your ball and you fucking whack it again. You know, and it's like least strokes, least time to do the hole. Um, it's kind of nuts. I'm not a huge, huge fan yeah, of it, I can tell. but it is very interesting. Um, it is very interesting. Again, something we did not know is the guy I played against the first round had played on his adventure. So he used his me and played speed golf already at this point. So he was a fuck ton yeah. faster than me. And yeah. I was just frustrated. Yeah. Uh, Cause I was like, why, why just fucking give me my turn. Let me hit my ball, you know? And now I'm rushing and stuff. But once we played it a little more, it definitely does give a very weird aspect to, like, straight Mario Golf. And I imagine people get really good at this. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. Watching you guys play, it was fun watching. Like, clearly you had just, like, picked it up and started playing. And, like, he had been playing for a bit because he was doing, like, the super boost or whatever. It was just yeah, charging but- down the field. And you're like, what the f- yeah, that's what I thought. I was like running in quicksand, and this dude's fucking Usain <laughs> Bolt like up the fairway three hundred yards. And I'm just like, but, okay, 
but you still lost by like a point, which I don't know if that yeah. says more about like the fact you knew how to kind of work I the game it. a bit or yeah. What, yeah it, but. Again, we go back to Nintendo just being so great at attractiveness and ease. You know, yeah. the game looks great. It plays very simple, but you play the adventure mode, you learn a lot of things. Like, there's a lot of different things you can do. There's a club that allows you to skip balls across the water. Oh, that's To cool. stay under, like, low-hanging stuff, you know? Like, there's a way to... And this is where it gets cheap with the Miis, but, like, the Mii character, once you have them leveled up, you get, on your power meter, you get four tiers. And pretty much the way that you hit is you have your first fill-up of the meter... Mm. And once it hits the top of the meter, you have an option to use A or B. Um, a being top spin, B using being backspin. And there's like a couple different options within that that you can use, whether it be super backspin, regular backspin. So that's your first meter. And then the meter is going to fill again from top to bottom. And so on my me meter, uh, there's it's cut into four sections. And each section determines a section of flight that the ball is going to take. So I can essentially... Make my ball immediately go left, curve back right, go straight, go left in four different sections. So it gets real wild. Like you can, you can steer, (laughs) you know, but it's real quick. You have to be on top of it or else you're going to fucking shoot one super left or something. Um, But it definitely gives like a new aspect of the game to where it's like, if you wanted to get into like a real windy match, like put on the super fucking wind, (laughs) you know, you could do some funky things trying to fight the wind with the way that you can fight the ball. so, I, I forgot where I started with that. Anyways, the me characters are are overpowered if you've completed your adventure. Not not super long. I think uh, I've got one course left to unlock. I think I have like f- four hours, five hours into the adventure. I've owned the game for three days. I'm probably two hours into the game or something. <laughs> like, <laughs> I put some time into the game, um, but. Unlocked courses for sure because they do not allow you to unlock them right off the bat. You're kind of stuck with one, two courses, and they they get better until the end course. The end course being a Bowser course, of course, of course, um, <laughs> fucking shit ass course, dude. <laughs> like it's not fun. It's not fun to play at all. Um, but again, they have a battle version or a battle play, which I have not looked at whatsoever. I'm super interested. I should, in theory have a video up on YouTube some point this week of the battle golf, because I do want to get into it. Maybe I'll play with randoms or if you've bought Mario golf super rush on your Nintendo switch, DM me, let's fucking get together. I'm a hundred percent down to play with people. Yeah. Um, I will say, man, I, it, I knew I was going to like it, but it was, it was better than I could have hoped for. Um, especially with the online play and just, it it just plays so goddamn good. It keeps my interest. It's hard enough, but easy enough to be like, I got a hole in one yesterday. Of course, I didn't get it on stream, <laughs> but I banged a hole in one in speed golf. And it was like, I started running and then my ball was like, and I stopped running and it was like hole in one. I was like, holy fucking shit. I did it. You know, it's just like, I was, I was excited to hit a hole in one on Mario golf as I would be in real golf, even though I'm a million times more likely to hit one in, Mario Golf than I am in real golf, especially because I don't play a lot of real golf. Um, <laughs> but all in all, it was, I cannot recommend it enough. Out of all the Switch games that I've bought in the last year, year and a half, um, the replay value, the way that this one played, and just the amount of fun and laughter and excitement I got out of it, 
I, I, it's a 10 out of 10 game for the Switch for me. Um, and I don't say that a lot because my Switch does not get the use that it should. Uh, but for the last three days, my, my Switch has got as much use out of it since Pokemon came out. You know, it was just, it, it just, it was one of those games, man. I, I cannot recommend it enough. Yeah, it looks great. And looking at some of the, uh, character designs on the Wikipedia here, it is so fantastic that each character has like these custom, golf looks to them like wario and waluigi are both wearing like cowboy hat kind of things yeah and it's so they've got their, the- like stockings <laughs> so ridiculous was, um there's yeah, some like weird stuff too uh, it's so good like rosalina doesn't technically hit her own ball like her club just kind of floats there and yeah. she does like a wavy thing and it's just like oh what cha cha you know and and so i don't know maybe rosalina cheats a little bit yeah Where's the skill involved if you're not having to wield the club and go to Yeah, old... they do um cuz they do do a lot of of different things with like the career mode they do and they kind of it it's really cool cuz the career mode is really uh, just a long tutorial. Sure. Cuz they make you try a speed golf to win a tournament to advance to the next thing. And then they find an excuse on why you can't play standard. So I have yet to play a regular round of standard golf. Like just straight your turn my turn. I've done speed golf, I've done a thing <laughs> called cross country golf. Cross-country golf, okay, is very interesting because cross-country golf gives you this crazy, like, multi-tiered golf course, okay? And it's like, here's nine holes out of this 18-hole golf course. You can do the holes in any order you want, but anytime you make a hole, you're going to tee off from that green. So you have to, like, look at the map. It's under a time limit. You have to do it in a certain amount of shots. So, like, with the nine hole uh, uh, yeah to nine hole to progress to the next course you have to make nine holes with 40 shots or less you can do it in however you want in whatever order you want they 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 fucking get you wow. okay cuz the first time i did it 41 shots uh. <laughs> 41 shots it took me a half an hour to do it i get to the end and i'm looking at two shots left but i know i'm going to have to make two shots and I'm on my 4D shot. And I was just like, you motherfucker. <laughs> like, I had to bang, like, a 60-foot, you know, chip in to uh, to get it. And I didn't get it. So I had to redo it. And I was like, oh, I got it this time. And I had, like, 11 shots left or 9 shots left by the time I finished the second round. Because I, like, knew the path I wanted to take by the mistakes that I made the first time around. <laughs> um, cross-country golf was real weird. But I imagine they're just like they they're like you know how to play standard golf. We're gonna save that for the last. Yeah. I assume I'm gonna have a boss battle against Bowser at the end. I'll f- hopefully find out tonight. If not, I'll find out maybe tomorrow. Um, but again, I cannot recommend it enough. the The online multiplayer is running fantastic. There's a thousand different things you can do on the game. Plus, if you have other people, it's great. It <laughs> you can use the button controls, which is cool. So you can use the button controls on the Joy-Con, Pro Controller, or GameCube if you have the GameCube wireless controller for it. Um, or you can take the Joy-Cons off and use motion controls. I've heard the motion controls aren't horrible. Not for me. It's not why I bought my Switch. I probably will never try them. If you've tried them, let, let me know because I'm curious. Someone comes back and they tell me like, yo, this is actually kind of tight. Maybe I'll fuck with it on stream one day. We'll see. Yeah. Um, but you have the option to do so if you want. You can play two people on a Switch, which is nice. You can pass the Switch back and forth. Or each person can have a Joy-Con, and you can play two at the same time if you want to fuck oh, with wow. some speed golf. That's cool. So the multiplayer options are abundant. The replay value, I think, is really good, um, especially if you have four controllers for your Switch. If people don't know, you can buy a GameCube hookup 
for your Switch that'll allow you to plug in four GameCube controllers to your Switch. Um, I don't know if people know that, but you can do that just the same that you could do it with the Wii U. In fact, your Wii U GameCube hookup will work. They do that for Super Smash Brothers predominantly because people still use GameCube for that game, including me. Um, but all in all, I loved it. Loved it. I, I, I've loved Mario Golf since the first one I played on the N64. Uh, they had some hiccups there in the middle with some of the handheld stuff. They're back to full true form of Mario Golf goodness in the Switch release. And I highly suggest if you guys can and have the power to buy it, to buy it because it is fantastic. Nintendo knocked it out of the park on this. That's great, man. Like watch, yeah. watching it get played and all that. It, it, it looks like the next progression in what is Mario Golf as it should be. Yes. So. I, I, it, is, it is what it needed to be to be what it needed to be, <laughs> if that makes sense. Uh, and on that, unless you have anything else, uh, we will start to wrap this up. That's it for me, my friend. Cool. So we'll lead this wrap up with a little bit of news. We do want to let you guys know, Rick and I have been working a lot on the back end of the podcast as far as being able to put out content, um, some extra stuff here and there. Uh, We're going to try to take the next step in doing so with a website, hopefully, is what our goal is. So we will be taking a 4th of July weekend off. Um, I know it sucks. We just took breaks inadvertently a month or two ago. Um, this one is planned. It's scheduled. We wanted to take it off. We want the time with the families, um, as well as just trying to pick up some stuff on the back end of the podcast, just to bring more stuff out to you guys. Um, with that being said, with the week off, we are still going to put out the retro nom nom videos on tasty Tuesdays. I believe, yep. um, those will be out. I will have some streams up and going at some point this week, probably some more Mario golf. Do not be surprised. We still do want to dive into, uh, dungeons and dragons, dark Alliance. Um, So maybe you'll see a live stream of that at some point this weekend. Uh, But again, we are going to take the week off. And hopefully when we come back that following week after 4th of July, um, we'll have some awesome new dope shit to tell you guys about. Uh, But yeah, um, wanted to get that out there. Um, As far as this episode goes, we are finished. And that's the news that we wanted to give you. So as always, you can find me at RetroNamapod, Instagram, Twitch, Facebook. Um, the email we're going to pimp out. I think I'm going to change that soon. I know I've been saying that for a fucking month and a half, but I eventually <laughs> I will get to it. Uh, yeah, that's where you can find me where they, where they get you at Uh serial killer on most of those socials. Um, Kilter. as always go to the Facebook page. It's kind of your one-stop shop for now to get all news, all relevant information, just fun, um, goof em ups that we do on there. Um, yeah. And to take us out, like we always do. With the weird question of the week. What do I do with my hands? <laughs> oh, this is going to be fun one to answer. <laughs> we appreciate you guys joining us this week on this episode of the Retro Namapod. As always, we love you and we will catch you next week. Good night. <laughs>